0: I'm joined now by Gary from OPC Energy. Gary, what a job you did out there today. Oh, it was it was unbelievable. You saw the customers' faces when that boiler went in. It was a really special moment. And what about the overall performance? Unreal, you you could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result and we move on to the next one. Thanks Gary. Come on. For more information on boiler upgrades, heat pumps and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Get ahead of the game with OPC Energy. Let's
1: go. go. I think they've been really desperate to get the clean sheet record, so defensively we were sound and organised. But the lads are tuned in to try and beat 100 points. The club's never done it. Uh, I think 98's the record, but we want to try and get 102. That
0: was important for us, you know, it's been a difficult Season. Uh obviously Scott's last game here at Celtic Park. So we wanted to put a performance and a result into to show that what he's given the club for such a long time it was always good for him to you know, finish on a high here at Celtic Park.
2: The Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited. Hosted by Rob McLean, Marvin Barkley, and Richard Foster. Call now and voice your opinion. 808 1717 08 17 700 Let's go! go.
3: Well it's that time of the season, delight for some, devastation for others and champions Rangers want to be record breakers, a 25th clean sheet last night at Livingston, three more goals and 99 points, they've never got to three figures before Aberdeen were at Ibrox on Saturday, how were they last night Marv?
4: Yeah they were They were very good, uh, what you expect from them, a very professional performance um, I think it's even more difficult, you know, when you've won the league and, and you're still playing these games. They still looked up for it. Uh, they were sharp as ever and, you know, deserve to win.
3: Hamilton are dropping out after seven years in the top flight. They lost in Dingwall last night. Ross County or Kilmarnock will be in the relegation playoffs. That will be decided at the weekend. But Akies are down Richard Foster after so many escape bids have come off. Well,
5: unless they won 9 Um Yeah, it's, it's obviously... You've got a good price on that bet, by the way. <laughs> I know. it's um, Yeah, it's tough for them to take, but, you know, there have been, how many times have they survived when it, it didn't look likely? Um, and this time, you just expected them to go up to County and get a point um, or get something from the game, but it wasn't to be. And, and fair play to Ross County, uh, over the piece, they probably deserved the win. Um, but yeah, tough one for Hamilton to take, but I'll be playing them next year, hopefully.
3: Yeah, that's true. Um, and a lot of people will be uh, delighted. As someone who plays on a an artificial surface, Marv, a lot of people uh, won't be so sad about the, de- <laughs> <laughs> the departure of Hamilton Aki's from the Premiership.
4: Yeah, you know, you hear a lot of fans mainly um, moaning about the artificial surfaces. Um, but obviously, like you said, I play at Livingston, so I wasn't too bothered by the Hamilton one. You know, I'm pro artificial surfaces. Obviously, as I said, you know we have one at our home place, so it's difficult for Hamilton. But you know, I'm sure they'll be back. They're they're quite well run club. Um, some good players within their ranks as well. So I'm sure they'll be looking to bounce back, back uh, straight back rather.
3: It's Marvin Bartley, the Livingston skipper, former Hibs midfielder, of course, ex of Bournemouth and Burnley, and blah 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 <laughs> blah. And Richard Foster is here. It's a lengthy list as well. Aberdeen Rangers, Bristol City, Ross County, St Johnston, currently, of course, uh, Partick Thistle. And uh, did you manage that little? Imitation of a party um, yeah, yes, when you we, won the League One title um,
5: we, we celebrated you know we, we followed all the rules and made sure that there was all the protocols still in place Jerry Britton's a he's a stickler for detail even you know even in the morning we're going in he's sending he used us, to
3: be a stickler for <laughs> celebrations <laughs> he's
5: sending <laughs> us like you know we've got a COVID app, and you need to fill it out and stuff like that. It's like we've already won the league, and he's still sending the things. I feel like, oh, fill this out before you come in and lift the trophy. So at least he's doing his job, and he's keeping us. He's keeping us in there. You know we're we're ticking all the boxes and following all the rules. But yeah, we managed to celebrate, and it was, you know, it was good. Um you know you kind of try and stress to the younger ones that this, you know, winning leagues doesn't happen that often. So try and enjoy it while you can. But it was um, it was a good celebration.
3: What about back back to back promotions? Is that possible?
5: well it's possible you know uh, teams have done it before um we've got good momentum going into the you know the new season um we kind of need to keep hold of a few players uh, myself included we need to kind of recruit in some more to replace the ones who are who believe in um but yeah i think it's you know the club are in a good spot at the moment and you know if if going into the championship the squad we've got we'd be kind of looking to to be in the top half of the league certainly
3: Livingston uh, against St Johnston for a fifth place finish, Marv, at, at the weekend. Um, but what about European football? Um, can that be. Is it possible for Livingston, uh, were they to qualify in one of those European places?
4: Yeah, well, you know, first and foremost, we have to beat St Johnston and, and finish in fifth place and then hope they don't win the Scottish Cup. So, you know, we've got a, a bit to do our bit first. And after we do do that um, on Saturday, or, or hopefully we do do that rather. Um, you know, then we'll watch the, the Hibernian v St. Johnson final and, and hope for a Hibs win. You know, I hope for it on a professional and probably personal uh, level as well. So, yeah, you know, we need to go win the game on Saturday and that's what we're geared up to do. Obviously, we haven't been in the greatest of form recently, um, but, you know, there's no better time to change that than Saturday because then that puts us into fifth position and, and a possible chance of Europe for next season.
3: I know you sidestepped me very effectively there, yeah. but but what about Livingston in Europe? Can it, can it happen?
4: Well, you know, I've, I've only... Seen the things that have been kind of reported um, by the BBC, um, saying that you know it might not be a possibility. But in terms of, of us as players, we've not been told anything by the club. So you know, I'm just just, and the rest of the boys are just trying to go out there and win the game and finish in fifth position. Um, I'm sure if there was a problem, then the club would have told us. And um, as I said, as of yet, we haven't heard anything. So um, we just go out there, finish fifth, and then hope Hibbs win the Scottish Cup, and then. Yeah, we'll be in Europe as far, as far as I'm concerned.
3: You weren't reading from a script there, by any chance, <laughs> no, that, one. No, that no, was no. very impressive. <laughs> very, he kept a straight face through the whole thing as well, which was remarkable. What about your old team, Hibbs? A third place finish last night uh, for them. Uh, they, of course, can win the Scottish Cup as well a week on Saturday. Has Jack Ross been left out in all this talk about manager of the season?
4: Yeah, I think harshly left out as well, if I'm honest. I think it's a, the first time they finished third for 16 years. Um, and also, you know, a great chance to go and win the Scottish Cup you know, 90 minutes away from doing it. So, you know, I think Jack Ross had a fantastic season, but, you know, you also got people like Graham Matthew there as well. Um, his first season as kind of sporting director or technical director, whatever his uh, title actually is. So, you know, they've been fabulous. They really, really have. And as I said, you know, to finish third isn't an easy thing to do, so... I was very surprised that Jack Ross has been left off the list. Maybe he's uh, upset somebody who's doing the voting. Then
5: in saying that, it's because it's picked so many weeks before. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. you know, Callum Davidson going to and win the double. Jack Ross could win the Scottish Cup and finish third. And The two of them, you know, it's already been decided that Steve Gerrard now. Let's not take anything away from what he's achieved this season. But... It probably should be. They probably should wait until the season's finished before they pick the manager of the year. It's like, hap-
3: it's happened so many times, hasn't it? Because it, I, I remember it happening in Tommy Wright's yeah. case when when Saint John'son won the Scottish Cup and yeah. was it 2014? Was that 2014? Yeah, 2014. Yeah. Um And you know he had to. You know it was such a historic moment. It had to be him, but because it had been voted <laughs> earlier on in the campaign, it wasn't.
5: I said we've got two managers now who would definitely be in the in the running regardless of who wins the final mm. um, yeah. and it, obviously neither neither the two of them have won it so it's a strange way to do it but hey, oh, that's, that's, that's one of the joys of uh, working in Scottish football isn't it it's, yeah, it sure uh, it's is. never straightforward
3: no indeed uh, yeah exactly let's get Sean from Garth Amlock on the show I hear you cry and uh, here he is Sean
6: All right, guys. All right, Marvin, (laughs) Powell. 3-0. I got that right, mate. Sorry, pal. I hope you win your next game.
4: What's the score in the next game? That's what I want to know, Sean. Predict the next game for me because you've not been far wrong with anything, have you?
6: No, I got the score right. I says, unfortunately, yourself, Rangers would win 3-0. I says, Rangers would win the league with 20-plus points. I've got that right. I think I should probably start gambling now.
4: (laughs) (laughs) That's when you'll start to lose, mate. Although it shouldn't have been 3-0. We've missed... Too good a chance. I don't know if you've watched the game back, but uh, yeah, we missed a couple of chances. I think, you know, I felt sorry for the young boy Jays who both of them fell to. He hit the hit the post from about four yards out, um, yep. which, you know, he knows he should have hit the back of the net. But I don't know, maybe he's your friend. Maybe you've told him it's got to be 3-0 and that's why he's missed.
6: Yeah, well, City Boris, well, I've been, I'd actually never seen the game, so my, um, I'm not got to say that I was going to be watching on. For legal reasons, but it didn't <laughs> work. So I actually never seen the game, so I couldn't tell you if Rangers were good or Wolverhampton was good. You would you'd be the only man with know
4: that. No. Yeah, no, the Rangers were very good. Um, I was saying earlier that you know they were extremely sharp, and it's difficult to to maintain that kind of that level of performance when you've already won the league. Um, but now they're absolutely fantastic. Ryan Kent um, again was breathtaking. If I'm honest, probably the best player on the pitch. Uh, Davis just kind of just strolled through it the way he does. Um, I think he's meant to be 36 years of age and the man's just getting better and better. But yeah, Rangers are very, very good and you know I expect them fully to win the, the last home game and remain unbeaten for the season.
1: Here's what Steven Gerrard said after the match. Understandable if the players sort of come off the standards and the level. Um, so we've been trying to drive that all week in terms of the preparation. They've trained well and then it was about can they deliver what we've seen in training tonight and they've done that and went up a level. I thought defensively we were really sound besides one or two moments. And then um, we had to earn the right on the pitch to to show our quality, and then our match winners. Obviously, when when the right times come, uh, the, the two goals we scored, second and third goal, were outstanding tonight.
3: Incredible season, Sean. and and now just one game away, the Aberdeen game at Ibrox on Saturday. One game away from going through the whole season invincible. Oh, definitely, I'm looking
6: forward to that. The 12th, I thought hope. hopefully it's got to be a good day. So but uh, unfortunately my Doug will not like it because I think the fireworks are getting a bit crazy now man. so I'm not looking for, for the Doug's reasons but uh, i will be a great day I'm hoping Rangers get a good wee win but I think got a hard game though
3: well yeah not so sure I mean I I, I was I was at the Aberdeen Hibs game last night and uh, I think Aberdeen could still be trying to score now and and not hitting the back of the net to be honest uh, loads of chances and um, ultimately not good enough Hibs were clinical and Hibs, Hibs got the win Um I would think uh, Rangers winning on Saturday, Richard. You would kind of count on it, wouldn't you?
5: Yeah, you would. Um, I think I thought you know at least Aberdeen were creating chances last night. That's yeah. that's that's new for them. You um, obviously they haven't they didn't take any, but yeah, it's you know it's difficult to look past Rangers, whoever they're playing, wherever they're playing. But certainly at home, you know, if you, if you were to say like right, guys, you've got a home game uh, to go unbeaten for the full season to break your points total to you know, break all these other records, then, you know, it would be a, uh, you know, maybe maybe uh, someone would bet against them, but I certainly wouldn't.
1: Uh, Here's Stephen Gerrard speaking um, about that unbeaten run I think they've been really desperate to get the clean sheet record So defensively we were sound and organised I had a good feeling about us in terms of our setup. In terms of possession we were building really well The middle third I would say in the first half You're looking for more crosses and more shots A little bit more um, product to reward ourselves But the lads are tuned in to try and beat 100 points The club's never done it Um, I think 98's the record But we want to try and get 102 Aberdeen left in our way Um, You know, new manager I'm sure they are going to be desperate to be the first team to beat us. I know Davey was. Um, He sent me the text on March the 8th. Look, we'll be ready for the challenge. That's going to come our way. And if we can find the same level of performance as we did tonight, we'll be okay.
3: What was in that text that Davey Martindale sent?
4: (laughs) I didn't know he sent a text. I have no idea. You have to ask him that.
3: Yeah. So 25 clean sheets in the league, Sean. Um, 99 points. Uh, heading for 102 if they, if they beat Aberdeen of course on Saturday and the biggest uh, points differential between Rangers and Celtic in Rangers favour since John Barnes was the Celtic manager it was 21 back then and well it's 23 and counting it's incredible isn't it, these stats are just scary oh, no, it's, it's
6: brilliant for being a Rangers fan because the last 10 years it's been a hard it's been a hard time. So I think it's got to be a wee bit emotional for a lot of Rangers fans And I think there'll be a few tears, man. So it's got to be a, it's got to be an emotional day, but a happy day I, I, I'm just I'm just delighted and hopefully it continues. And um, with Barrett Ferguson like keep Glasgow um blue. So I'm happy I'm a happy Rangers fan, so hopefully it continues. But I'm really looking forward to the Champions League next season. Fingers crossed we make the group Because I think that brings in rough is it thirty million?
3: Yeah, yeah, it's massive. It's absolutely massive and you can see uh, Richard that the Way Rangers are building and who they're signing at the moment. They they keep adding, don't they? Um and and that must that will be big in Steven Gerrard's mind.
5: Yeah, of course it will be. I think if you know if, if if Rangers are to get to the place that he clearly wants them to get to, then they're going to need they're going to need that kind of money to 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 sign a few more marquee signings, you know. They're obviously already excellent. Um, and they were excellent in Europe but the Champions League is that next step up um, and I'm sure he wants to go and compete and, and get to the group stages and it's it'll be, it would be huge for everyone involved and financially obviously it would be huge for the fans that kinda we're hoping that they'll be back next season to see it but um, but for everyone concerned it would be a massive achievement to get to the group stages of the Champions
3: League Where is that with you Sean in terms of the priority list? Where, where do you think it is with Rangers fans? Um, the thought of uh, winning another title, getting making it back-to-back titles, having got the first one in 10 years, or actually lifting the club's reputation in Europe, having done well in the last couple of seasons in the Europa, um, lifting it to that higher level in the Champions League?
6: Yeah, well, I, think, I think the first priority was to win the league, but Rangers, every fan, up and down the country, wants to see Rangers playing in the biggest competition, Champions League I think Champions League Realistic for Scottish football It's good Rangers and Celtic Are getting back playing Champions League football But realistic. I don't know if Rangers Are Champions League standards But to get into it You don't say not yet But hopefully If Rangers and That get to the group See, bonus honest Rob I want all the Scottish clubs In Scotland To at least get to yeah. Europe To at yeah. least After Christmas After Christmas You think about your own team But I'd like Rangers um, Celtic in The group stages this season and I would like to see Aberdeen and Because well, I can't remember the last time outside the England a Scottish club, was, in my lifetime, was in the group stages of Europe. I don't know when the last time it was,
3: well. Yeah. I mean, it tends to be, Richard, the dynamic duo that, that do it in Europe and, and whoever else is usually out by the end of July.
5: Um, yeah, that's true. I'm pretty sure we at Aberdeen stayed in the... Yeah, I can't remember when we went out to Bayern Munich, but I can't remember when exactly that was. I don't know. We're not
3: isolated occasions. I don't but... know if we made
5: it beyond Christmas. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, of course, it's it's it always tends to be uh, Rangers and Celtic that kind of fly the flag, uh, fly the flag in Europe for for Scotland. And you know, both of them, Rangers particularly, have done an excellent job. And you know, that's probably why we're getting all these spots, you know, Champions League spots back, is because the is it the coefficient has, has went mm. up because they've they've performed so well. So it's all credit to them. And hopefully, you know, it will be a bit. Bit of a, a signal for them to get all these Champions League spots back and then they don't win the league next year and they don't go in automatically. <laughs> you know. But um, you know, that's that's football and they, they need to they need to do what they've done this season and, and continue to perform at that level to, to win the league again. So um it'll be good for them you know, coming back to European football, but you know, I would imagine the, the focus will be on the league, um first and foremost.
3: What's your prediction, Sean, for Saturday, Rangers Aberdeen? Um, I'll go through one i because.
6: I'll, for some reason I always like to see roughly 2-1 2-3-1 I'll go for um, hopefully we win and hopefully you know what hopefully I'll even make a shot and even win a lot and make it even bigger so we'll make it a and win the league with 25 points I would for that one
3: and listen just you take the dog for a walk round Hogganfield Lock. I think that sounds safer to be honest I think the, uh, your, dog will, your dog will appreciate the peace and calm of Hoganfield rather than uh, oh, there it, it, any it fireworks. Totally yeah, exactly. All the best, good to hear from you. Thank you. All the best. And uh, confirmation just coming in about fan numbers uh, for the Scottish Cup final following dispensation from UEFA uh, to allow a restricted number of supporters to attend the Cup final at Hamden a week on Saturday. The Scottish FA approached, this is a statement you'll gather, uh, the Scottish FA approached the Scottish Government for 2,000 fans to be accommodated using the approved UEFA Euro 2020 Stadium seating template. I always love a template at this time of the evening. The Scottish Government has today confirmed that a a two metre physical distancing configuration must be used, not the 1.5 metre configuration that will be in operation for Euro 2020. Two metre physical distancing. Now, stay with me. uh, The number of spectators able to be hosted in the approved areas of the stadium reduces to 600 in total. So that's... 300 per club. We've notified, say, the Scottish FA, both finalists, Tibbs and St Johnston. And while the number is less than anticipated, uh, we look forward to a limited number of fans attending the Cup Final. Well, that is a limited number, isn't it?
5: Wasted time. Absolute wasted time. Fill a, a stadium f- holds what 50,000? Yeah, yeah. With 600 people, wasted yeah.
3: time. Yeah, they're going to be rattling <laughs> around in there.
5: I'm just I'm reading here that, and I know it's a different tournament, but Champions League final in Porto, 6,000 fans. But, but no, we we all have six hundred. Ridiculous! Yeah. What is the point? What is the point in battling to get fans in a stadium, and there's six hundred of them? Mm. It's just a complete waste of time, in my opinion.
4: Yeah, that's that's heartbreaking for the players as well. I, I get that. Obviously, you know, we're coming towards the end of uh, the COVID stuff now, but still, you know, I, I agree with Richard. If you got six thousand fans in, you know, in Porto, um, I'm pretty sure I think that the English Cup they're going to have even more than that. So I don't get why up here we can only have. Have six hundred, so three hundred yeah. for each team. It's, it's actually, it's sad. It really is sad. You know, I, I spoke to some of the his boys, and they're expecting a lot more than that. If I'm honest, yeah. Um, You know, they want to have some sort of fans in there. That's probably going to be mainly family members and, and probably sponsors now. Um So you know, for the for the actual hardcore fans, they probably not be able to get a ticket.
3: Yeah, you would hope some real fans uh, get in, wouldn't you?
4: Yeah, but are you going three hundred? I, I very much doubt it. Yeah. I very much doubt it.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, as I it's it's great that are you know the positive is there are some fans going to be at the cup final because a couple of days ago we weren't entirely sure about that, um, but it, but it's a tiny number, isn't it? A couple of thousand um, would have been nice. Uh, Three hundred per club uh, is pretty disappointing, but that is going to be uh, all that's allowed inside Hamden a week on Saturday for the Scottish Cup final.
2: The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five.
3: Got to the traveler just in the nick of time. Sometimes you get talking off air and you just uh, don't realise what's happening around you Chris Crepton uh, with the travel the Go Radio Football show on a Thursday evening good to have you with us full programme of Premiership games of course uh, last <laughs> night Dundee United 2 Motherwell 2 was how it finished at Tanadice. United were uh, two goals ahead in that one um, Marv came on for the last half hour of uh, Livingston nil, Rangers 3 as Stephen Gerrard's team went to 99 points for the season Celtic 4 St Johnston uh, nil. The sort of result that Celtic could have done with earlier in the campaign. Uh, last night, of course, playing against the Scottish Cup finalists. Aberdeen, nil. Hibbs one. And Hibbs finished third for the first time since 2005. Colmonic, three. St Mirren, three. at uh, Rugby Park. So Tommy Wright and his team are still in it, in the thick of it, at the bottom of the table. Uh, but Ross County, two. Hamilton, one last night. And Dingwall meant that Hamilton are relegated unless uh, Richard Foster's prediction comes true and they <laughs> win by about 15 nil at the weekend uh, finally, finally, finally uh, Akis are going to be relegated and it's going to be between uh, Ross County and Kilmarnock at the weekend to see Richard who else survives uh, Ross County at Fir Park and of course Kilmarnock are at Hamilton it's going to be nil biting
5: certainly is and I just think um, I mean I said this last night but I just think with you know Hamilton will be so dejected that I, I fancy Kilmarnock to win that game um, because you know they've fought so hard and they've given everything they've got and it's just not been good enough and I would imagine they've got nothing left and then on the, but on the flip side I can actually see Motherwell beating Ross County because of the run mm. they've been on you look at them last night and I think Long was good first half for Motherwell but they kind of struggled but then Devante Cole came on up front gave them a focal point and he was excellent and kind of obviously scores the equaliser late on so um, I just you know it's Ross County are obviously three points ahead but the goal difference is so poor that if, if Kelly win and they lose they're, they're in the playoffs and I can see that happening purely for the run that Motherwell are on.
3: Richard Foster were you we on sports scene last night with one of your wacky shirts or did you have a quiet number on?
5: I just a plain black shirt with a couple of stars in it so it was Mundane, by your standards, yeah, yeah low-key. Yeah.
3: Richard Foster, Marvin Bartley, Rob McLean on the Go Radio Football Show and Cammie is with us as well. Hi, Cammie. Hi, guys. How you doing? Yeah, well, thanks. What would you like to say?
7: Just want to say that Stephen Gerrard took over at Rangers on the 4th of May 2018. At that time, Rangers had just been humiliated by Celtic during that past season. He needed a clear-out, needed new players with an exceptionally tight budget had to gel the new recruits together and create an instantaneous winning side. Three years later, and in my opinion, the club has transformed. We've won the league by our best points total and could exceed 100 points come Saturday. Despite all these challenges and obstacles, Stephen Gerrard by certain quarters still comes under criticism. Do the panel think it's fair recognising Rangers were in doldrums?
3: Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm not sure how much. uh, How much criticism he certainly gets. Lots of praise, and rightly so. Um, Richard, I mean, you were part of that Rangers team clambering up through the leagues. Uh, What do you make of the the transformation? I
5: mean, the transformation has been incredible. I think they were so far behind Celtic three years ago um, that to to then now be so far ahead of them is is quite remarkable. You know, I'm not sure they've had a tight budget. You know, they bought Ryan Kent for seven million. I think Haji cost three or four. So. They don't have. They probably didn't have the budget that Celtic have had, but they've they've had a good enough budget to, to to claw their way back, and you know, and they got better, better season on season. They got better, um, and then this season they've just been remarkable, and you know, like whether it was whatever the reason was the pressure the form whatever it was they just kind of crumbled after after Christmas and Rangers took full advantage
3: and I find that an incredible result uh, against you guys Marv last night at this stage of the season to be rolling out another clean sheet scoring another three goals I mean it sounds mighty impressive they they just keep on driving standards don't they
4: yeah and you know Stephen Jars said it there he's been he's been saying that to the players in training but it's one thing the managers saying that to the players and it's another thing the players actually going out there and implementing that and Rangers did that yesterday. Um, There's no doubt about it. You know, they were, Goldson was charging around and driving more from the players. Uh, Tavernier was doing the same, and they were brilliant. They were absolutely breathtaking going forward. You know, they put their bodies on the line when it came to defending. You know, you could probably understand if players were not wanting to go into tackles and whatever, everything else, but they were. They were yesterday. And when they got on the ball, it was so difficult to get it back. I think they had 70% possession. Um, You know, and I think that's the most any teams ever came and and had against Livingston, um, you know, at home ground. So, as I said, you know, they were breathtaking. You've got people like Ryan Kent who can, you know, in two seconds he's he's taking you up the pitch and you know, in front of goal, he's absolutely unbelievable. Um the rotations of their, their front three yesterday were absolutely brilliant. Hadji played slightly deeper as well. So fair play for Gerard for, for noticing that he can do that because
3: Joe Rebel played left back?
4: Yeah, left back, you yeah. know, and he, he was brilliant as well. He was brilliant, yeah, right? he he put a shift in, he's absolutely brilliant. He didn't look out of place. And this just shows you know the confidence that the players now have within themselves because the start of Aribo's tenure at Rangers, if you'd have said to him he had to play left-back, he might have looked out of sorts a little bit, but yes, they just he just fitted in there. He looked like he'd been playing left-back for his whole career. Um, yeah, so everything about what they did yesterday was, was absolutely breathtaking. And obviously, they're going to want to continue that on Saturday. And then again, next season, they're there's going to be a bigger challenge coming from the other side of Glasgow. And they need to remain you know to the standards they've uh, hit this season.
3: What is the criticism, Kami, you reckon, that uh, Steven Gerrard gets that, that's unwarranted?
7: Probably... I would say it's the Cups that are the big ones. But then again, Rangers are expected to, especially when Celtic are out of the competition, uh, to go on and win these trophies. I just think from where he's took the team from and where they are now, there's such a massive difference in the squad that he took over and the squad that he has now. So I just think sometimes people forget where the squad came from. And if somebody was to say, Rangers will win the league in three years' time, but they'll win it, and they could possibly have over 100 points, People, would, people, would, people wouldn't people would, have thought.
3: I guess it's just the contrast, isn't it, in performances from Rangers this season in the league where they've absolutely won it by a country mile. 23 points is the difference at the moment. Uh, and they haven't got beyond the quarterfinals of either cup competition. It's just really surprising because Rangers have been far and away the best team in the country, Richard.
5: Yeah, they certainly have. And it is, you know... I think the, the first cup defeat to St Mirren was probably what Rangers needed at the right moment. You know, I don't think they had dropped significantly, but I think this, their standard had kind of started to slip a little bit from what it was at the start of the season. Um, yeah. You know, they were still playing at a decent level, but I think that defeat just kind of reignited them, if you will, and, and then they, they they actually got better from there as the season went on. And, you know, the, the, the St Johnson game was just a bit of an anomaly, you know, losing on penalties and that as well. But it is you know, as Rangers manager and Rangers players, you need, you know, you're expected to challenge for every t- competition you're in um, and that's just the expectation that's the club have and, you know, so yes, I can understand if people are saying, oh yeah, we need to do better in the Cups, but, you know, let's take one step at a time. They've been excellent in the league. They've won the league at canter this year and I'm sure next season as well as the league, though, you know they'll have a right good go at both the cups. But even the yeah.
4: Scottish Cup defeat, you can't really blame the manager for that because Xander Clark's free in the middle, and somebody should pick him up. Yeah, yeah. and it's so funny because yesterday when we were playing them, we actually had an overload as well, and Jack Simpson, the new centre half, had said to them, "Listen, one of their players can't be free. So somebody has to come out of the zone." Um It's kind of you know we had an overload and they didn't they didn't recognise it. So maybe that's something. Looking forward to next season, they're going to have to kind of address, but I don't think Stephen Jar can take any blame for that. That's the players on the pitch. You know, Xander Clark's in there and he's an a kit, you know, six <laughs> foot three or whatever, and yeah, he's free that, to head the ball. That guy of. with a big <laughs> <of beer laughs> Exactly. Somebody better mark him. But no, I, I did realise that I just, just thinking about it there, the same thing happened yesterday with one of our one of our corners and, and we had an overload. So you know, maybe that's something that they will look at. But that's that's the players on the pitch rather than the manager for me.
3: Marv was waving uh Kami there about Ryan Kent and Um, I mean, he was fantastic at the start of the season and and he's come back to his best right at the end. He did a little dip in the middle, but he's been constantly contributing. Uh, And I guess, is he Rangers' biggest asset, do you think, Camille, at the moment, uh, in terms of value on him?
7: Yeah, definitely. I think he's the one that Rangers have to keep a hold of. I think Ryan Kent's only problem would be consistency. As you said there, he dips in and out of form sometimes. But when Ryan Kent's asset, in my opinion, he's the best player in the league. I think his value now could be there at 20, possibly 25 million yeah. if our clubs
3: wanted to sign him. I, I don't think that's overstating it. I mean, what what do you think, Marv? What, what would he command? Where Leeds to come back in again? I mean, and I, th- I think they've come in a couple of times already with, with bids for him and yeah, I think you can guarantee the way he's playing scored last night, uh, they'll be back in again. 25 million?
4: Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely agree north of 20 million. Um, you know, I think that's what Rangers will definitely be holding out for if, if selling them at all. Um, but you've just Spoke about his kind of form and, you know, sometimes he's been brilliant and he's had a little dip and whatever else. But whenever you prepare to play against Rangers, you always think, how are we going to stop Ryan Kent? So at times he doesn't have to be great in that match, but you're still probably having two players. You're doubling up on him every time he gets the ball anyway, which creates space for the other players. So, you know, just having him out there, just having his name on the team sheet is is a lift for Rangers. Because, as I said, when you're analysing them and you're going to play against them, you focus on stopping him. So... You know, he doesn't have to be great all the time. He just has to be on the pitch to cause a problem for the for the opposition team. But yeah, nor for 20 million, 100%. But I agree with both of you. you know, they need to keep hold of him. I think he's the one player that probably is irreplaceable at this moment in time. Who's player of
3: the season, Richard? It's, a, it's an interesting debate, isn't it? Because at Rangers, there are probably six or seven contenders. And, and, and the problem with shortlist is you have to boil it down to four.
5: Of course. And you can make it, you know, all the, the shortlist, you can make a case for them all. Um, but I just think... It's James Tavnier, I think, because he's he's part of the best defence in the country. He, you think he scored what was it, his 19th goal or last he night? Last yeah. night, um, and he provides so many assists. So purely, you know, Goldson's been an ever-present and he's been he's been very good as well. But he, he and he scores goals as well. But he's just been outdone by his right back, who the numbers that he racks up are just incredible for for someone who's who's meant to be you know a right back. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, A lot of people would have Conor Goldson as their player of the season and yet he didn't manage to get into the PFA Scotland shortlist the other day because Ryan Kent beat him to it. But but I mean, it's it's because Rangers have been so strong all round, it's pretty difficult. I mean, Alan McGregor's got to be up there, hasn't he?
4: No, that's the thing, you know, you could probably eight or nine of their players you could put in there and they could be on the list and nobody would have an argument. But I'm with Richard, you know, James Tavernier's numbers are scary. They really are scary for a fullback. It's... You know, I don't think we'll ever see numbers like that again, if I'm honest. You know, he's the only man that can produce these sorts of numbers because, for me, he's by far and away the best right-back in, in, the, in the country. And, you know so good for Rangers fans Thanks that he man. signed a new contract <laughs> Richard you're close <laughs> second you're close second but it's so good that he signed a new contract because you know I think there'd have been a lot of suitors for him down south but for me he's player of the year and you know I don't mind saying that's, that's who I voted for
3: How many goals are you behind Tavernier about 19?
4: About 19 <laughs> <is> <laughs> <the season.
3: laughs> What about you Cammy who would, be, who would be your player of the season? Uh, for me um, I don't
7: know vote there all day and mine is Al McGregor right. uh, for me I think he's been consistent the whole season and he's um just when he has to he just makes those big saves most of, it, most of them have been against Celtic this season the one that always sticks in my head the one um, that Lee Griffith had a shot at eye drops and somehow Al McGregor's got his finger to it and still said it hit the post he doesn't even want to take, <laughs> yeah. uh, take their applause for the applause for, for the save but I think that's just the way he is All the one he made in Europe um, probably one of the best saves ever but yeah I think he's just yeah, brilliant player for Rangers this season, and one that was happy to see signed a one-year
3: extension. Was that against Antwerp that the header where the header, ball yeah. looked to be behind him? Yeah.
4: How he saved that, and then obviously grabbed onto it again was was, was breathtaking. Honestly, mm-hmm. you are watching the replays of that, and you think this has to go in, it has to go in, and somehow he managed to save it. So, no, I agree that that save definitely was up there with one of the best I've ever seen. Anyway,
3: if there was a post-match interview of the season, I'm he probably, sure. he probably would have won that as well. It was a Hamilton, wasn't yeah, it? he's
5: when? just. He's just so brutally honest yeah. and it's just because but then you've got to respect that because he knows what it takes to win a league and at that point you know Rangers were miles off I think Gerard came out that day and said that, that he was actually happy to go away with a point because they didn't deserve anything yeah. and you know that's having players like like McGregor in your dressing room who know what it takes know has been over the course you know that has ov- obviously helped the other players in the dressing room because you know he's a winner he knows what it takes to win and he knows at certain points in the season it's not you know, if you start to drop your standards, then the pressure can mount. And, and obviously, Rangers never let that happen.
3: Rangers, far and away, Cami, the, the best team in the country. No one's arguing with that at all. I don't really think Stephen Gerrard's got an awful lot of criticism, even, even allowing for the, the cup competitions, to be honest, because in terms of uh, winning a title, that's how you do it. Uh, Rangers looking to get to three figures in terms of points for the, the first time ever, which would be amazing as well. Do you expect Rangers' domination of Scottish football to continue? I hope so It just I think it all
7: depends on what happens um, who Rangers could possibly sell in the summer and who they bring in and even who Celtic bring in obviously there's talks about Eddie Howe coming in but that's been going on for ages now you don't know but it all it's, it's in Rangers hands now to go and improve themselves and go and get even better players the next season not just win the league maybe do a double and possibly even a treble and to progress in the Champions League
3: that's all <laughs> <laughs> you'll settle for that yeah Cammy good to have you in the show thanks guys I'll see you later yeah. take care mate all the best Cammy
2: the Go Radio football show download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five
3: well, really disappointing news uh, coming to us in the last 15-20 minutes on the show uh, that there will only 600 fans at the Scottish Cup final a week on Saturday. Of course, we were all uh, so pleased that there were going to be some fans. The Scottish FA uh, telling us this afternoon that they asked for 2,000 fans in the ground But with uh, configurations, as they put it, and templates and physical distancing, it's down to 600 and it's going to be 300 per team for the cup final for Hibs and St Johnston uh, a week on Saturday. So that is the disappointing news coming out of the Scottish FA uh, this afternoon. Big matches last night, of course. Uh, Rangers winning at Livingston. Sorry, Marv, had to mention it again. 3-0. <laughs> you only played the last hour, half hour, so yeah. how, how, how did it go after you came on? <laughs> it
4: went, down, it worse? went downhill. Okay. Nah, listen, I think they were, they were tuning up already, so... They began to chill out. Uh, they did get the third goal, but as I said, we created a couple of chances ourselves, you know, towards the end. So I think it was at, at 2-0, uh, we created our two chances and obviously the difference between, you know, kind of a good team and a, and a great team, you take those chances. But it's a young boy, you know, he'll he'll learn from that he'll Be better for it, and he was out training today and practicing the shooting. So, you know, fair play to him.
3: Marvin Bartley on the show tonight. Richard Foster was all a part of Thistle fullback who's got his gear on, heading for a bit of training. Uh, after this, um, yeah, so Livingston, no Rangers, three last night, Celtic, four, St Johnston, nil. And uh, for the last time at Celtic Park, the hoops were let out by scott brown terrific and that's what he's done for so many years
0: you know he's led this team you know and he leads by example every single day and, and everyone has to raise themselves to get to his level so he's dragged everyone up to the levels they need to be at for so long the achievements he's had here in terms of success with trophies everyone else is you know second to none so um, he's been a terrific player terrific servant for the club you know will be sorely missed you know but it was great tonight for the boys to put on a good performance for the for
3: final game here let's talk to natasha hi natasha
8: Hi guys, how you doing?
3: Yeah, good, thank you. What would you say about Scott Brown and Celtic?
8: Uh, I mean, I echo everything that was was just said in that interview. I mean, what Scott Brown has achieved for Celtic really can't be underplayed, can it? You know, last night was the end of a long, successful era for Scott and for Celtic. And it's been said many times, you just don't see a player spending 14 years at a club very much anymore. Yeah. And a lot of younger Celtic fans really will hardly remember a Celtic without Scott Brown, and that's quite incredible. Um, by all counts, he's not only been massively influential on the pitch, but off it too. And he's going to be a huge loss for the club, and I'm sure the fans are all very grateful for the success that he's brought to the club over the last 14 years. Yeah,
3: I must say I'm really surprised. I was surprised at the time, and I'm still surprised. Uh, that that he's not staying on with the club in some sort of capacity and especially when you hear John Kennedy uh, speaking about him uh, as we're about to hear uh, and what he is as a role model he came in as a young kind of rascal let's
0: say you know (laughs) he was up to always no good but terrific energy he's always had that in terms of he he doesn't take a day off you know he's he's got kind of old school mentality where if you get a knock or a niggle that's okay I'll play through it but the way he trains every day and and, and as he's spent more time here he's matured into a a terrific captain. The success he's brought has been a a huge part to play in that. And as I said before as well, in terms of anybody coming into the game, a young professional or any players that we bring in, we use Scott Brown as the role model. He's the guy you look up to and should conduct yourself to try and be as successful as he's been.
3: Yeah, he's the role model. Everyone looks up to him and he's going. Uh, He's going to Aberdeen on a a two-year contract. Uh, Should Celtic have worked a, a bit harder, Natasha? Do you think they could have kept him if they'd pushed the boat out?
8: I don't know. It sounds, you know, ultimately like it was Scott's decision. For me, I'm sure that Celtic must have, surely did, do something to try and keep Scott. Um, Perhaps the Aberdeen option was just more attractive to him for whatever reason. Um, I was at the press conference with him. I know, why is it the time to leave? Um, And, you know, what has made this decision happen now and what he said was that he wanted a new challenge and he wanted to coach and that Aberdeen were offering him that. Now, for me, I'm sure Celtic must have also offered him a similar opportunity, but the reports are, whether they're true or not, that he got offered a longer deal at Aberdeen um, with perhaps more playing time and that he still sees that as as something that he can do alongside his coaching. I hope that at some point he will return to Celtic, maybe it'll be good for him to go and get coaching experience somewhere and come back. But for me, it's going to be a massive loss off the pitch as much as on it.
4: Are you surprised, Marv? Yeah, you know, I was very, very surprised. Um, you know, Scott Brown, for as long as I've been up here, you know, he's been at the club and I think Natasha said he's been there for 14 years. So, you know, and I spoke to some of the boys within within the dressing room and they've always spoke really highly of him and, and John Hendy was saying there the standards he demands and you know kind of Celtics losses Aberdeen's game I think he's exactly the sort of you know player and character that, that football club needs at this moment in time You know, they're going through a, a period now of change under the new manager with you know new philosophy and they're playing a, a totally different way and I think Scott Brown's the man to drag this this new look Aberdeen team through probably the hard times they, well, they'll face um, and you know he's a winner you know if you want to look up to anybody then then he's the man to look up to the amount of trophies he's won have been absolutely brilliant but and you know, I certainly don't have a manager, so it's very, very difficult to...
3: Has your pal Eddie not been on the phone?
4: <laughs> I've got many pals called Eddie, I don't know which one you're on about. Um... <laughs> <laughs> How not? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, without a manager being there, it's probably difficult for Scott, you know, if, even if he is offered the same opportunity as he's been offered at, at Aberdeen, the new manager might come in and change his mind and say, you know, I don't want him to coach the first team. You can go and coach the reserves, for example, or one of the youth teams, and he might not want that. You know, he definitely knows what he's going into at Aberdeen. He definitely knows he's going to be coaching in with the first team. And he's probably been told the amount of games he's going to play as well. So for him, it's probably a bit more security. And, you know, you can't really blame him when you look at it from that point of view.
3: Now, you've been in on a meeting, I think, Natasha, today uh, with Don Dom Mackay, the, the new mm. chief executive. Uh, what was that all about and what was he saying?
8: So they're holding various fan meetings and fan forums over the course of this week. And... Um, to try and perhaps engage with the fans slightly better than they have been over the course of the season, which has been criticised a lot. In terms of the meeting itself, I'm not sure we have very much more new information that we don't already know, um, other than the season ticket renewals will be out by the end of the month. But in terms of any progress regarding a managerial appointment or anything next season... Again, we were told very little other than they were working on it, which I'm sure we hoped was happening anyway. We didn't be told that. But, um, yeah, apparently still very little to report, which is getting continually frustrating as we go on but We just have to hope that there's an announcement sooner rather than later, so we can begin to move forward and look to next season.
3: That sounds a bit like the the written statement, Richard, that was issued <laughs> exactly. uh, the, the other week by Celtic, which uh, f- mm. it was finally a bit of communication, which was a step forward, but it didn't really uh, tell us a lot mm. that, that that we didn't know. And and I guess you know we have to be working on the basis that Richard that, that this is Eddie Howe, that Eddie this is Eddie Howe's job, uh, and it, and he's going to be announced and and. They're working furiously in the background in terms of identing players. Well, you'd hope so.
5: He'd certainly hope so. We just spoke about Stephen Glasgow in Aberdeen, and he's gone in there. He's had time to assess the squad and see what he's got at his disposal and what he needs. And he's he's kind of, you know, taking Scott Brown in and he's made other signings, as we know. So it, I would be very, very surprised if the next manager, if it is Eddie Howe, has not been part of discussions in terms of new players. You know, he's going to have a wealth of players to look at. You know that he knows and that he's seen playing that would probably fit into the way he wants to play at Celtic but it would be very naive and, and really poor management it, well, kind of direction I suppose if he has not been involved in those discussions and then he is suddenly announced and it's like right now during pre-season go and see what you've got as players and you don't really know because they're just running most of them most of the time so it's yeah I would certainly hope for Celtic's point of view that he's been involved in, in these discussions and but I, I still can't understand why he hasn't been announced yet if you know just mm. you know it was I thought it was going to be after the old farm game didn't want to any part of that fine then it was after the cup gate and then it was just well just just announce just announce him if it's going to be him just announce it I don't know why you're making the Celtic fans wait
3: Well there is there, there is a story that he's still being paid by Bournemouth and, and he's effectively on an extended gardening leave and he, and he can't you know legally or contractually be announced until that comes to an end but then that begs the question why would Celtic not just go and buy him out of it and uh, and crack on what do you think Marv
4: yeah I mean if he is on gardening leave as you say then you know that would be a pretty hefty gardening leave you know his wages <laughs> down there in the Premier League would have been uh, very very big so I understand it from Celtic's point of view why go and pay you know one and a half million if you don't have to if you can wait you know a couple of more weeks or, or a month or whatever it is to to announce him so you know probably one and a half million that he would like to p- spend on player wages you know rather than trying to buy a, a manager out of a contract that he's, a team he's not managing anymore so if that's the case I kind of understand it but I also understand that you know they probably need to be announcing it before the season tickets go on sale you know I think the Celtic fans need a, need a lift and I think you know knowing who the new manager is going to be will be a, a massive lift for them and, and if it is Eddie Howe you know I think which all the Celtic fans are now wanting um, you know that's probably the biggest lift they can get at this moment in time.
3: This long wait is it you pulling your hair out Natasha isn't
8: it? I mean that's it and I completely understand if the club are waiting on a Garden League period ending, their hands are going to be tied and it's going to be equally as frustrating for them that they can't communicate to the fans. They're getting criticised for not communicating when there's nothing they can do. I appreciate that. But um, like we said, it's just gone on so long now that the fans, how they're feeling at the moment anyway, after a difficult season, are just going to feel more and more disengaged with this silence. But you're quite right. We need to do something before the season ticket's Sales come out at the end of the month. It's going to be a very hard sell to ask the fans to put their hand in their pocket after this season to buy another season ticket. You know, another five, six hundred pounds with no management team in place, no indication of the direction we're heading in and no information about this added value on the ticket from last season where there's not going to be any refunds apparently. So it's going to be a very big ask of the fans to do that without some sort of information or announcement in place. So I'm sure the club must be planning on making that announcement before the renewal forms come out.
3: But do you not think the fans just stump up anyway? Uh, Yeah, You can have a whinge about it and a moan about it and a complain Mm. about it, but ultimately you're going to support the club, you're going to buy your season ticket.
8: Yeah, do you know, I think that in previous years, I would have said absolutely, definitely. Like The, the clubs have you over in an emotional barrel, and they know that. Um, and there will certainly be a significant proportion of the fans who will be paying it regardless. But what we've noticed creeping more and more is this feeling of the fans saying, no, I'm, I'm not going to do this again. I'm not going to part with more money. And before, maybe that was just lip service. But I think it's starting to become a bit of a more serious movement now. And people just are rethinking whether they're going to put this big contribution out again with no information about getting back into the stadiums or the direction the club are heading. So I think the club needs to be slightly careful here and need to start getting the fans back on side and getting a bit of positivity around the club to make sure that we don't have to put banners on top tiers again.
3: Yeah, exactly. Uh, Natasha, thanks very much. Good to have you on the show. Thanks, guys. Good to hear from you again. Natasha was part of uh, those talks today uh, involving some Celtic fans and the new CEO, uh, Dominic Mackay. But what about Eddie Howe and when is that announcement going to happen? News at six on the way, plus another hour of football chat.
1: I'm joined now by Gary from OPC
0: Energy. Gary, what a job you did out there today. Oh, it it was unbelievable. You saw the customers' faces when that boiler went in. It was a really special moment. And what about the overall performance? Unreal. You you could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result, and we move on to the next one. Thanks, Gary. Come on! For more information on boiler upgrades, heat pumps and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Get ahead of the game with OPC Energy.
2: Go Radio! Are giving someone in Glasgow in the West the chance to win a brand new
8: car? Code
3: Radio. We love Glasgow. What do you think the answers are? I'm
8: Martin Compton, Stephen Hawking, Lewis Capaldi, Amy McDonald, Robbie Williams. Zero out of five. Oh.
2: Oh you can identify the superstars, the car could be yours. Register to play at thisisgo.co.uk, then listen to Crofty and Gradle at 8.10 tomorrow on Go Radio Breakfast. With Macklin Motors Nissan, there's a test drive waiting for you. The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five.
3: If you're texting us, go on your message to 87474 on the socials at Show. Join us in the football conversation and uh, you can talk to us about, well, almost anything. Rob McLean, Marvin Bartley and Richard Foster are here at your service on the day that it's emerged that there will be only 600 fans at the Scottish Cup final a week on Saturday between St Johnstone and the Hibs after permission was granted to have at least some spectators in. The Scottish FA had applied for 2,000 to be allowed in but uh, once all the physical distancing has been built into the equation... Uh, quite incredibly, it's come down to 600, 300 per team. The Scottish FA conceding that that figure is less than anticipated, uh, and that could probably Richard be the understatement of the day. Pretty disappointing news, isn't that?
5: Uh, yeah, it's, I've, you know I said that earlier that it's, um, it's to me it's a, it's a waste of time. It's an absolute waste of time. You see, you get used to the no fans in a stadium. So the two teams they've played all season. There's been no fans but it, it'll almost be worse to have so few fans because, especially at Hamden, when the fans sit so far from the pitch anyway, that the 300, it, it'll, just, it'll just be eerie. You know, it'll be, it just, essentially you'll be just, got a stadium with the stewards in it and that's it. And it's just, it'll be a strange, I think at that atmosphere will be almost even stranger than having no fans in. And I just I just think, what is the point? You know, we've, we've got fans going into other games. We had fans in the Crucible for the, the yeah. inside, you know, Last month or earlier than this month, and you know, it's they're outside. Look, go and let at least a couple of thousand fans on each side go and watch their, their team try and lift the Scottish Cup. But no,
3: you, you touched on this earlier, Marv. Hibs are saying that uh, they are considering the fairest and best way to distribute tickets all 300 of them uh, and they'll tell fans uh, tomorrow uh, I think uh, what, what that's going to be how they're going to be uh, distributed um, but, I mean, that's going to be just incredibly tough and it's going to be cruel isn't it as well
4: Yeah well it's not going to be 300 tickets is it because you're going to have to take the players tickets out of there first and foremost um, you know it's normally for a final I think it was it was for a player um, then you've got the backroom staff probably getting around the same it's going to be very difficult for the club to say to the players actually you can only have two people there and you're trying to pick between which kid to go with with your partner so you know I think they're going to have to give them four each and then you start taking those numbers away from it you know it's probably going to be what 150 you know to 180 tickets that they're going to kind of have left and makes it even more difficult um, I'm sure it's going to be season ticket holders only um, who can apply for the tickets but there's going to have to be some sort of of lottery but I think you've got a better chance of winning the Euro millions if I'm honest
3: yeah talking about Euro um, the, the Champions League final of course has been moved to Porto um, it was going to be Istanbul it's uh, Man City and Chelsea of course involved there was talk of Wembley at one stage um, it's going to be Porto 6,000 6, fans in each club and and I'm just checking to see if I can find the capacity of that Porto stadium but it's not going to be any bigger or much bigger than Hamden.
5: no I don't th- I don't know Um off the top of my head, either, but yeah, it can't be that much bigger. And um, but even, even that, you know, it's two English teams in the final where we'll we have the final, yeah, put it in Portugal. <laughs> it's just, I don't know who's sitting at the top making these decision, decisions. Wembley is the obvious choice, yeah. you know, it, there's no traveling, so then there's no risk of, of players traveling and you know, catching Covid wherever and bringing a and me. And it's just, it seems like the obvious answer to most questions is just ignored, and it's like, right, how can we? convolute this even further or even more than it needs to be just make the simple decisions you know it's Hamden 50,000 people let's get 600 people in it Jesus you get 600 people in one section of the, the ground yeah, yeah. and I know if they were sat you know they're not allowed to sit beside each other but mm. how how ridiculous is you, are you going to look at Hamden and you're going to have 600 people dotted around the stadium it'll look like you're doing a join a dot
4: Mm. Yeah,
1: picture.
5: You know, yeah. like if I kid, it's just it'll be ridiculous. It'll look ridiculous. It'll sound ridiculous, and it it won't add anything for the players. Um, and 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 as Marv said, how who's going to get a ticket? You know, you're going to be like Charlie and Chocolate Factory trying yep. to win the golden ticket. <laughs> it's ridiculous.
3: Yep. You're going to get make yourself really uh, unpopular if you're head of distribution at either uh, Hibbs or St Johnston <laughs> over the next few days. Uh, last night, Livingston nil, Rangers three. Stephen Gerrard and his team moving uh, to, well, keeping that 23 point lead at the top, but moving on to 99 points, um, and they can get into three figures at the weekend when they are at home to Aberdeen. Ibrox, Celtic four, St Johnston nil. Uh, Scott Brown leading Celtic out on their home patch for the last time. Let's talk to Stefan, who's a, a Celtic fan. Hi, Stefan. Hi, Rob. How you doing? Yeah, very well. Yourself?
9: Not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, really happy with Celtic's performance last night. Um, obviously, it being Scott Brown's last game at Celtic Park. I, I thought it was a perfect way to to send them out and for him to even join in on the action with the assistant and Edouard was just... It was a nice way to end it all after a, a season uh, disasters,
3: Richard. You watched the pictures coming in last night of that game. What did you make of Celtic?
5: Yeah, there Celtic were were back to what the you know nearly what they used to be. You know, you go there and you make you make a couple of mistakes and you're en- on the end of a, a real tough night. Um, you know, I, I don't think St. Johnson were helped very much by by the the, the pass back decision. Bearing in mind that the St. Johnson player was in the Celtic half when he tried to play it back and how that was deemed the pass back, I'll never know. But from that moment on. You know, Celtic were excellent. They you know they scored four, but they created numerous opportunities and it could have you know, it could have got, got to a really, really high score. And that's you know, Mars played there, I've played there. That's your fear. That used to be your fear when you went to Celtic Park was if we're not asked today, we could get six. I mean, I got six and seven in the same season. and um, that was only a couple of seasons ago. Um, and that's what they've always been and, and they kinda lost that this season. They were giving up far too many opportunities to other teams, and then teams started to go there and had no fear. And you've seen the, the kind of psychological dynamic change. Um, and But recently, they're starting to get back to that. You know, if you come here and you're not at it, we're going to put four, five, six goals past you. And that's that's the, the kind of form they need to get back to.
3: That's what you need to get back, isn't it, Stefan? The the old fear factor? Yeah, no,
9: 100%. You know, I think there's been a, mul- a multitude of clubs that have turned up at Celtic Park this season and and completely turned Celtic over. You know, teams like Ferenc Varos, you know, Ross County and the... Uh, and the league cup showed up and, and you know sort of put Celtic. It's something you don't expect Ross County coming to Celtic Park and and winning. So a hundred percent, I think that's going to be one of the one of the key things for whoever the new manager is um, coming in. Is how how does he get that that fear factor back? And I, I think that's that's just down to sort of changing the the style that Celtic play because it is so easy now for teams to lead and. You know teams are, are now confident and coming to Celtic Park thinking that they can they can take you know one or, or three points. You've experienced
3: that at close quarters, Marv, this season.
4: What a six nil defeat! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when Richard was saying four, five, six, I was thinking, Oh no, he's gonna, he's gonna look at me in a second. <laughs> no, but listen, we played two very, very different uh Celtics there. Um, in terms of you know, one of them we, we, we got a draw, and the, the next time you know, we got beat six nil. And and Richard's totally right, you know, that that fear factor. Uh, In regard to Celtic, had disappeared this season. Uh, There's no doubt about it. And, you know, as Stefan said there, that it needs to come with a new manager. And and how do they get that? By winning games, but not only by winning games, but winning them in a fashion that, you know, makes you actually fear them. You know, because there's definitely, when I first came up here and you saw Celtic play, they're breathtaking going forward. And I saw that again this season when they beat us 6 0. In the final third, you know, their one touch passing, their movement up there was. Absolutely breathtaking, and it could have been more by the way on that day. It really could have been more, but I've not seen that enough from Celtic this season. You know, whether that's because you know it's kind of a hangover from Brendan Rodgers going, um, and they're trying to then play a different uh, way under Neil Lennon, then John Kennedy's came in and he's tried to get them back to the Brendan Rodgers style. Um, I'm not sure, but they need to hit next season, you know, they hit the ground running, and definitely with the new manager. Um, you know, you look at yesterday's team that started, probably gonna have four of those players uh, to pick from. You know, the rest of them won't be there, they'll either be sold or you know, their their loans will run out. So there's a massive, massive overhaul needed of that football club. But as I said, they need to hit the ground running and and get that fear factor back in there because what you don't want is teams going to Celtic Park at the start of the season and saying, well, this team hasn't gelled yet, let's have a go at them and and Celtic dropping points because, you know, you could be five, six games into the season and, you know, you've dropped a couple of points or a couple of games rather and, and Rangers are already, you know, six points ahead of you. You know, that's not what Celtic can afford to happen a
3: couple of the young lads of course featured uh, last night for Celtic Aramoko Dembele scored one of the goals Adam Montgomery played as well here's John Kennedy
0: yeah great you know we've got a few good young players good to get them some minutes probably the schedule in the last couple of months has been difficult in terms of being very kind of stop start 10 games 10 days between games and, and a lot of Rangers games around so it was good to get them some minutes you know kind of Adam's been one who's been around the first team long enough now he's trained with us long enough to know what's expected of him you know as always you come in for your first game, it's a challenge, but great experience for him, and you know, he's certainly one for the future, and obviously Karimoko uh, comes in and scores his goal. so it's good to see him back in the scene. So we've got loads of talent there, and again, it's nurturing that and, and making sure we bring everything together going forward.
3: Is your old pal Eddie Howe uh, someone <laughs> who's going to look to some of the young stars coming out of the academy and give them their chance, get them into the, the first team, or or is he going to look at what's expected of him as an, an instant uh, success at Celtic and, and he's got to be going with experienced guys what, what's he like Marv? No I think
4: there has to be a mixture of both um, you know Eddie definitely likes to see players who have potential and, and make them fulfil that potential and go on to probably bigger things you know you've seen it with even players like Nathan Ackie down in England Callum Wilson uh, Josh King just to name a few of them you know he did it with Kieran Trippier as well at, at Burnley so you know he definitely likes younger players um, whether that's coming through the academy or he's signing them he definitely believes in in a squad that are all pulling in the same directions um, he doesn't believe in egos and he doesn't suffer fools to to egos either, you know, if you've got an ego and you're not pulling in the same direction as everybody else, you know, you won't be at, at the club that he manages, um, that's definitely true. So, but, you know, he, he knows that if he does come in, he has to hit the ground running and he'll have to have a mixture, a really good mixture of players. But as I said, everyone will be pulling in the same direction, he'll have a, a blueprint that everyone needs to follow. If the players aren't good enough to follow it, then then they won't be at the football club. He's, he's very harsh in that sense. I know he looks like a young man that you could, you know, invite round for a cup of tea, and you know he'll speak football with you all day. But honestly, when he gets on the training pitch, he, he turns into a different animal.
3: Was it good to get a glimpse of uh, Montgomery and Dembele last night, Stefan?
9: Yeah, it was. Um, you know, looking at players like Karamoko Dembele, you know, he's one that I, I really thought when James Forrest got injured earlier on in the season that. Maybe it's his chance now, but for whatever reason, he never got his chance. But every time I've seen him play, I have to say I've been impressed with him. I know he's only a he's a young lad, and he's not got the sort of um, the build, you know, to, to to be strong going up against you know more experienced players. But I, I can't really think of any time that he has played that he's he's not done well. Um, and it was nice to see Montgomery play as well. You know, he, I don't think he did too much wrongly but he was always confident on the ball and he was always willing to, to take the ball. So I, I can only see it as as positives having them in. But with that said, I'm not sure how likely it's going to be for Celtic fans to to see Karamoko next season because I, I think his deal expires at the end of end of this season. So um, I would like to see hopefully more to come from him at Celtic, but um, I'm, I'm going to wait to see what happens before I, I get my expectations too high.
3: It's always a nice little sweetener, Richard, isn't it? When things have gone badly for you and you're coming to the end of the season and things have gone shockingly badly for Celtic uh, this season uh, to throw in a couple of youngsters and and say to the fans, here's what's coming through.
5: Yeah, and you know, I agree with Stefan there. Why have these players not been in sooner? You know, the the season has been over as a contest for a while now. Yep, good question. Um, Put them in because, and it's almost a perfect time because with all respect to the fans, there's no fans there. So... You know, playing at Celtic with, you know, especially at Celtic Park where the fans are kind of right on you, it's really intense. If things are not going great, sometimes it can be a really, really uh, difficult environment for a young player to go on and, and fully express himself. But they don't have that issue at the moment because there, there are no fans there. But these young players will still experience what it's like to play first team games. You know, it's still experience what it's like to play against guys who are bigger, stronger, probably as quick as him. Um, so then he he might need to learn different aspects of the game. But that only comes from playing games. But like I say, the season has been over for a contest, for a, as a contest for so long. Why haven't these younger players been in, like bred in earlier to give them more experience, to actually then go, to give them a chance to, to look beyond going next season and be back with the first team and I'm going to try and stake a claim for a place. You know, you've seen it with, obviously, Patterson came in at Rangers when, when uh, Tavernier was out injured and done really well and excelled in that role. And now we're all talking about should he go to the Euros. Mm. But we haven't really seen any Celtic youngsters until... It's kind of too late, you know, yeah. two games to go.
4: The only thing with that though, I think when bringing young players in, it's a lot easier to bring young players into a winning team than a losing team. Yeah. I think you can hinder their development massively um, if they come into a team that's struggling already. And, you know, we've seen that kind of the way it's been on social media towards a Celtic team and we've seen it in the papers and everything else. So do you really want to bring them into that kind of, you know, environment and, and effectively, you know, you could end up, you know, hindering their development. And also, I think when you're playing for a team like Celtic or Rangers, you have to deserve that opportunity. Regardless of what's going on, that has to be earned. You earned your chance to play at Rangers Football Club. You know, and, and I think other players have to do that. And, you know, and also John Kennedy was probably thinking I can get this job. So, you know, am I going to bring in young players and, and still be losing games but coming out and saying, you know what, I'm developing young players and you're losing three or four games on the bounce. I think first and foremost he wanted to look after himself and rightly so. You know, we're both you know, going into the coaching game and if that was us, you want to win the games, play your strongest yeah. team. Um, so there's probably a, a few different reasons why they haven't been brought in but obviously he's brought them in yesterday and you know, by all accounts they did well so you know, obviously you know, those couple of players the future does look bright for them.
3: And Stefan, there was an unconfirmed sighting of Vasilis Barkas in goal for, for Celtic last night.
9: Yeah, listen, I've been a big fan of Barkas since uh, you know, before he joined Celtic when he was at AAK Athens, you know, he played in the Champions League. He's a Greek international. This is a keeper that Celtic were signing him. I was very happy. You know, I was sad that Fraser Forster wasn't going to come back. But I thought, Okay, it looks like we have a, a decent keeper here and a lot of criticism has been levelled at him and I can I can accept that the performance that he's, he's had probably haven't been the greatest. Uh, but for me he's He's someone that I don't think's been given enough of a chance, and he's not the only one um, at the new signings that wasn't given a chance. But I don't, I don't think the the sort of shifting of different keepers helped. Um, under Neil Lennon, you know, he was playing Barkas, then he was playing Scott Bain, then he was playing Connor Hazard. He didn't know who his number one was, and I no. think that hampered Barkas. So it, it was great to see him last night, and I think when Chris Kane went to chip him, I think if Scott Bain had been in goal, that, that ball is going right over Scott Bain and into the back of the net. And it was good to see Barkas sort of keep a clean sheet and have a strong
3: performance. So, would you happily have him in goal to kick off next season? Would you see him as being Celtic's number one for next season?
9: 110% I would.
3: Are you in a minority, do you think, Stefan, among Celtic fans? Because I think a lot of people are waiting for him to make his first save.
9: I, I do you know what I, I probably am uh, in a minority. I, I, to people I've spoken to um, I, I want to give him a chance as well, but there, there's a lot of people out there that don't think he, he's good enough. But I, I, I just don't think he's been given enough of a, a chance to be honest. And you know, once he's been given that chance, I can then you know make a fully informed opinion. But yeah, listen, the keepers that they've got at the club aren't great. Um, so I, I think Barkas has to be the, the guy to, to start because Bain uh, isn't, isn't up to it for me.
3: It's such a big position as well, as was proved by Fraser Forster the, the season before when he, he won so many points for Celtic.
5: As Alan McGregor has for, for Rangers this season, we were speaking about it earlier, and it, it's an important position, of course it is. And, you know, Dembele coming in, he's young, he's 18, he deserves an opportunity, he's going to make mistakes, Montgomery's going to make mistakes. Barkas is signed for £5 million. This is not a time to give him his opportunity. He should be coming in as a number one goalkeeper. And if you're getting signed for five million, you should be commanding. You should be, you know, dictating to your defence what you want them to do. There should be no kind of mix-up. But we haven't seen any of that from Celtic. Defensively, they've been all over the place at times. And that comes from having a goalkeeper who clearly doesn't speak. Or if he doesn't, he doesn't tell the, the players the right things. They've lost so many goals at set plays. All the best goalies I've worked for are usually the loudest guys in the pitch because they can see everything and they can tell you what they want you to do and they can tell you where to pick up and where your man is and it it looked like this season you haven't had that and like I say you're know you getting signed to go to Celtic as well by the way not just any old club it's one of the biggest teams in Scotland that's not a time to get a chance you should be in there as an established goalkeeper and you should also remember to put your hands in your gloves (laughs)
3: <laughs> if we turn you in Eddie Howe for a moment, who who are you keeping Stefan uh, next season? Who who would you who are your stick ons that you want to still be in the team and build it around next season?
9: I think David Turnbull, obviously, um, has to be to be one. Uh Is Maya Sorrow, the other, uh Stephen Welsh, uh, Callum McGregor, James Forrest, and if they're, you know, um I know t I and Edouard will probably I'll be away, but if Celtic can hold on to Mohamed El-Yunisey, then I, I would chuck him in there as well because I think he's he, he's, he's a top-class player for Celtic. Um, so, yeah, I, if they can keep him, I would, I would add him into that. But, yeah, Forrest, Turnbull, Thoreau, Welsh uh, and McGregor.
4: Stefan, what would you say is acceptable for whatever, whoever the new manager of Celtic is coming in next season? What would you say would be an acceptable season, realistically?
9: Realistically, you at Celtic, I think, winning the league is... Is it? Yeah.
8: Uh, I think Eddie
9: Howe has to to win the league or at least put up, you know, uh, a, 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 a challenge. At least you know, Celtic were devoid of any challenge this season, and I, I think that has to be the thing. But if I'm being honest, Eddie Howe is a he's a top class manager, um, so I really would be expecting him to come in and, and win the league, um, or at least you know, uh, one one of the cups at least in his first season. Um, but yeah, the league's paramount to To be honest, in the year at Celtic,
5: would you would you be happy if it took three years, like it did with Gerard? As long as they put <laughs> up a a a, a valiant um, attempt to stop Rangers, as opposed to this season,
9: I'm not sure I would be happy um, for it to take three years, considering the the sort of domestic success Celtic have had over you know the the last nine years. So. Uh, it won't last I three. If he won't last hard. three years.
3: Eddie Howe won't. If Eddie Howe doesn't win anything inside three years, he's long. He's gone in eighteen months. But, I would have yeah. thought.
5: But if you look at, like I say, if you look at Gerard, it's taken him three years to win uh-huh. the league. Yeah, but, but
3: but from where Rangers were coming. Yeah,
5: but they they, they improved year on year. Mm-hmm. So you know you could say well, Rangers fans could see a definite improvement if if Eddie Howe comes in and it'll get closer to Rangers next season and then the season again because Rangers are probably going to get stronger. Yeah. So I, I just think you know it's it's too easy to say he has to come in and win the league cause, you know, you know I mean? if and if he doesn't has he failed if they get closer to
3: Celtic? Well, second is failure in Glasgow, isn't it for <laughs> in the old firm? Yeah, in, in that context.
9: Well, I was going to say that um, you know uh, in the context of the rivalry, as second as it is is almost last, if you look at it. For me, Steven Gerrard in, I know he closed the gap on Celtic. But he didn't win any any trophies. You know, I think he'd been to Hamden a couple of times if Eddie Howe doesn't win the league in the first season I I would at least expect him to to win a trophy uh, at best and if it it went three years uh, and he hadn't won any trophy no I I think I would be starting to be looking at maybe we should do something else here because I don't think that's acceptable
3: to be honest Stefan thanks for your call good man all the best cheers Good to hear from you. That is Stefan, a Celtic fan. And if you want to join the conversation as well, we're talking football as we generally do between 5 and 7, Monday to Friday, 808 700.
2: The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live. Weeknights from five.
3: So last night at Livingston 3-0 Rangers, 99 points for the season. Still unbeaten, just one premiership game to go. And it's at home to Aberdeen on Saturday, 1230 kickoff. And of course,
1: it will be for Rangers the trophy lift. It'll be a special day for everyone. A really proud day, but at the end of the day it's for our supporters and uh, we want to give them a performance. First and foremost, we want to get them the three points and then we obviously want to share the moments. It'll be different, it'll be unique, but I'm sure it'll still feel special.
3: But of course, Rangers uh, want their fans to mark the club's title success in what they say is a safe and sensible manner. They will get the trophy um, after that game against Aberdeen, um, but the players obviously can't share the moment with the fans, which is a massive disappointment when it's been so long uh, for Rangers. But the club issued a statement saying uh, to their supporters, please be mindful of the government guidelines regarding gathering in large numbers. It's a day to enjoy and to celebrate. However, we are cognizant that the battle against COVID-19 is far from over and the virus is still live. It hasn't gone away. Please celebrate this historic day, say Rangers, uh, in a safe and sensible manner, respecting public safety, adhering to the current government guidelines and restrictions which are still in place. In particular, uh, please be mindful of the guidelines regarding uh, gathering in large numbers we've uh, of course seen uh, scenes in March that we could have uh, done without thousands of fans gathering outside Ibrox and in uh, Glasgow City Centre as well what do you think Saturday Richard?
5: Well uh, you know I hope that they adhere to to what the club have put out Um, it would be disappointing for all concerned if you know Rangers lifting the trophy and, and the kind of celebrations over the league were we're kind of marred by the fact that we're, we're talking about the groups of fans. Now, I know it's going to be difficult for them. I, I can only imagine what it's what it's been like for them over 10 years in, in terms of the, seeing their club finally lift the, the, the league title. But, you know, I think Rangers were right in coming out with a statement and, and kind of just, you know, showing their, their hand, if you will, that, look, we want you to celebrate, we want you to be happy and enjoy the occasion, but we, we want you to do it responsibly. Um, and like I say, it would be kind of... No, it w- it won't put a damper on it, but it would just be it would be disappointing to be, having to be talking about Rangers fans mm-hmm. gathering, celebrating instead of actually talking about the Rangers players and the achievement uh, they've the achievements that they've uh,
4: achieved this season, if you will.
3: And we understand we understand how difficult it is, especially when you've been champing at the bit to win a title and it's taken ten years, Marv.
4: Of course, it's going to be massively difficult for them, um, but you know, backing up what Richard said, there is it's about doing it safely, and and what you don't want to do is, you know also what we said is have the fans overshadow what the club's achieved you know you want the, the papers the, the following day on, on the Sunday or the Monday morning to be all about you know the Rangers players lifting the, the title and, and remaining uh, unbeaten and you know maybe breaking the, the points barrier and all that also you know you don't want it to be about the fans meeting up in large numbers and you know then there's a spread of Covid and everything else because to make it more difficult for us on the flip side of this you know we want fans to come back into the stadiums um, hopefully for, for the League Cup games so yeah, it's it's gonna to be tough for them. I know it's been it's been ten years and, you know, not only have they won the league this season, it's the way they've won the league, you know, they've been absolutely fantastic. But, you know, it's just it's just kind of like one more day that, that the fans need to adhere to the rules and, you know, let the players go and lift a trophy and, and celebrate at home or in small numbers, you know, whatever the government are saying that is, is legal at this moment in time and you know, don't gather around the stadium
3: 3-0 Rangers at the Tony Macaroni last night Tavernier Kent and Hadji got the goals and Steven Gerrard naturally enough well taken with their attacking play
1: Yeah I think that was the first time the front three really showed the relationship if you like but credit to Hadji really brave to, to win the penalty the all-round play in the build-up was, was outstanding that gave us a real strong foothold in the game but Davey has his team really organised they were trying to jump on us full of energy um, and we had to just find the space behind them at times and, and we benefited from that Goal 2 and 3 and with real good team goals and um, that's what we work on on a daily basis You know our patterns of play and um, we really benefited from all that work tonight
3: Hadji got one of the goals um, I think he's grown on the Rangers fans uh, over time uh, but it, there are, there are rumours about him which don't seem to go away that he's maybe going to be one of the players who might move on in the summer Do you see much change in that Rangers squad Marv over the summer?
4: There's definitely going to be change, you know, whether you're a team that's struggling at the bottom of the league or at top of the league, you have to evolve and you have to get better each season. You know, I think Rangers will be looking across at Celtic and what they did kind of in standing still in terms of kind of their recruitment and they and they got it wrong at the start of this season, I think it's fair to say. So Rangers will, you know, will not want that to happen to them. They'll be mindful of, of what can happen if you attempt to stay still and they'll be trying to improve their squad. Yes, they're going to lose some players, you know, that they'll be in control of. Maybe they'll lose one player in... Maybe Kamara, I think he's got a year left on his contract, you know, that might be out of their control. But, you know, there's no doubt about it that Stephen Gerrard and his backroom team would have drawn up a list of players that, you know, can be brought in to replace whoever is to leave the club. Because, you know, they'll be proactive. You know, they're not going to be reacting to players being sold and a bid being put in here and all of a sudden like, oh, who do we replace him with? No chance. You know, I've heard Stephen Gerrard talk about this sort of thing before, and he's definitely a manager who who looks to the future and, and tries to get better.
3: It's 99 points for Rangers at the top of the Premiership. It's 75 of a goal difference. It is absolutely scary. Uh, 13 goals conceded at one end, and they've certainly been scoring plenty.
1: No, but I love that competition. I'm not really interested in who's top scorer. I'm I'm interested in points. Um, But what I did do at the beginning of the season is I challenged them all. I challenged them all in terms of numbers in the final third, goals and assists. You know, I'd had Giaribo and Kent to that. And to be fair, over the course of the season domestically, the the majority of them have delivered.
3: Stephen Gerrard talking there about the battle to be top goal scorer. It is still uh, James Tavernier. Just he, he inched himself a little bit ahead of Morelos there last night with number 19 of the season. But the goals have been shared right around the team, haven't they? I mean, you, you go down those goal scoring charts. If you're talking maybe five, six, seven and above, there's probably about seven, eight, seven or eight players who've, who've hit that mark.
5: Yeah, and that's just you know showing you how good they've been. Like we, we spoke about Connor Goldson earlier, and I think you know he's he's racked up a fair amount of goals this season for us. I think, I think he's got half. eight. Yeah. Um, and you know we spoke about Tavernier, but Morelos is he's he's had a, a different season. It almost, I think he's progressed as an all-round player. I think his his all-round game has improved. He, he, I think the the highlight of that last night was the uh, the Kent goal. I mean, a lot of times we'd have seen Morelos shoot from that. I know it's a tough angle, but would have we've seen him shoot from there before. But he realises that Kent's in a far better position. He squares it and he he's happy enough with the assist. So, I think we've seen real growth from most of the range. Of, all of the Rangers players um, under Gerrard especially this season um, and yeah you're right I mean they're scoring goals all over the pitch and they're just they're, you just you know you plug one gap and then suddenly else you know you stop Kent and a rebo pops up you stop rebo and Morella scores and it's it's just you know this season they have been un- un- unstoppable in the league
3: It's that time of the season where we pick the team of the season um, does anyone edge into your uh, Premiership team of the season Marv that, that doesn't wear Rangers blue?
4: Yeah, Edouard for me. Yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, you fit him in somewhere. Um, you know, I still think he's the, he's the best striker in the league.
3: Um, he scored last night, didn't he? His, I think his, his, that's 23. His
4: goal last night
5: yeah. was ridiculous. Like, I mean, great ball from Scott Brown, but the touch, he, he nutmegs Adam, uh, Sean Rooney, sorry, with his touch, you know, with the outside of his foot. The ball's dropping out there, and then an excellent finish over the goalkeeper. And that, you know, that shows you the quality he's got. And he's had a lot of stick this season yep. from someone who's. How Many goals that he scored over 20, is it 23? 23. 23 goals he scored, yeah. and he's, get, he's getting stick for not having a good season, it's yeah. ridiculous. But, um, but yeah, he's I think I agree with Marv, I think he would get in. I also like uh, Doig at Hibbs, yeah, mm-hmm. I think. Left back, yeah. Um, I don't, you know, Barisic has been in and out with injury, um, other guys have not really come in. I think, I think, Doig, and I, I actually think it's. I don't think he'd get in team of the year because Rangers are so strong in midfield. But I think Alan McCann had a, a right good mm. season for St Johnson a, a big kind of driving force behind their success this season as well.
3: But I mean, the, the, there we have it. I mean, Do, Doig has been outstanding, and I think he's going to. I think he's won one Young Player yeah, of the yeah. Year, and he's, he'll probably win both. I, I would. I would imagine. Um, but elbowing him into team of the season is difficult because. Born in Barisic is quality, isn't
4: he? Yeah, and the, and the record they have defensively, at yeah. Rangers. You know, it's it's so difficult to put anybody into into you know this, the the All Star Eleven team, you know, if you want to call it that, because Rangers have been so dominant. But yeah, I I agree with Fozzie there. I think I think Dodge has been absolutely fantastic, and just the amount of games he's played as well. And you know, he's not in a team that's top of the league that aren't conceding you know many goals. He's in a team that's third in the league, and he's. He's been a powerhouse for them. you know. At times, he's driven that that side forward down the left-hand side as Martin Ball's done down the right-hand side. And to do that at 18 years of age you know, shows the kind of talent that boy has. And I imagine in, in the summer, there'll be a lot of bids in for, you know, his fans won't like me saying that, but I think they'll do very well to keep hold of him in the summer because I think there'll be a lot of teams. Um, you know, I've even had teams in the English Premier League that will be looking at him and, and trying to take him.
3: Yep, and it was a real defeat last night for St Johnston. That hasn't happened uh, too often, um, but they've got plenty to be happy about and plenty to look forward to as well. Although it has been confirmed that St Johnston have an ongoing situation with COVID nineteen as they prepare for the the Scottish Cup final, looking to win, of course, uh, a domestic. Trophy double, which would be just ridiculous, um, to be honest. But uh, Callum Davidson was only able to name uh, five subs uh, last night uh, at Celtic, and uh, the Perth club say a number of players uh, will be back for Saturday's final league game. Um, and but Saints say they're in constant dialogue with Scottish FA and the Scottish government. Um, and it sounds as if they've got a, an ongoing issue, and it would be a shame if that becomes a factor in the cup final because uh, it can be a great day for Hibs But but it would be an unbelievable day for St Johnstone if they won both trophies. Your old team, of course, Richard. Yeah,
5: you know, just you see what happens when I leave a club. <laughs> <laughs> <Incredible>. <laughs> no, they've, they've been. Yeah, it would it would be horrible if if you know they weren't able to field their strongest team because of of COVID. And you know, I would imagine that the, the ongoing discussions are because of, you know, who gets to isolate and where players are training and who they spend more time with and all that kind of comes into into the the, the fold in the equation. But yeah, it's it's not a situation you want when you're you you're a week a week away from from a, a Scottish Cup final. But um, but I'm sure I think that you know you heard there I think they'll be better prepared for this Saturday than they were for the, the midweek game in terms of players coming back. So I think a, a week down the line, I think Callum will probably just send them all home and tell them not to go, come anywhere near each other um, if, if there is a, a threat of, of COVID kind of taking over. But yeah, I think they'll be fine for for Saturday and I think they'll be fine for the cup final.
3: It's just a remarkable story, isn't it? Uh, one of the stories of the season. Um, you know, Rangers obviously winning their first title in 10 years. Um, Steven Gerrard is probably most people's manager of the season for that, for that reason. But I'll tell you what, Callum Davidson is giving him a real run for his money, isn't
4: he? Yeah, Callum Davidson for me is is manager of the season, you know, and as fantastic as Rangers have been, they've, honestly, they've been breathtaking and, you know, I've, I've always spoke really highly of them and the way they've played, but what Callum Davidson's done on, on the budget he has um, to be currently fifth in the league and, and to have won the League Cup and potentially win the Scottish Cup, for me, is unbelievable. That achievement is actually unbelievable when you actually think about it, you know, he's got... Possibility he could come out of this season within, within two major uh, major competitions. You know, in his first season in management, I just think that to do that at St. John's, I actually don't know where he goes from there. It retires. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think you have to stop. but <laughs> yeah. I really don't come back next season And what you're well, to do. It
3: would make it really difficult for next season. I mean, it, well, it already makes it really difficult. Mm. Whether they win or lose in the Scottish Cup final, to reach both finals and win one of them, um, it can't possibly get any better of <laughs> Callum <Colin> Davidson. <laughs>
5: no, no, it can't. Um, and, you, you know, he's being realistic he's not going to have this level of success next season or, or every season you know it might come again and but you know he's he's pretty much in his first year in management ticked all the boxes he's done everything he could possibly can do with St Johnston um possibly a, a fourth place finish a third place finish um I don't know but yeah it's I mean it's been a, quite a remarkable season and you know with with hearts coming back up the the league does get tougher um so you know a lot of times as managers and players you need to move when you're in that purple patch to get to the, to the level you want to get to because we've seen it with other managers who you know in four or five seasons time if, if Callum's just finishing fifth in the league with St Johnson, the people will be like ah oh, right is that all you're, all you're <laughs> achieving <laughs> yeah, so yeah. he's he's probably going to be he might actually end up being hindered by his own success yeah um so but I hope he's not um I really like him I liked him when he was assistant um loves the game knows it inside out and really enthusiastic and he's just he's, he's generally just a good guy um, and you wish him all the success but I, I hope like I say I hope he's not hindered by his own success
3: yeah he's going to have it tough though isn't he on Saturday above uh, you, you're rested up you only played half an hour last night and you're raring to go at the weekend
4: <laughs> yeah I'm always raring to go you play left way again yeah. again <laughs> <laughs> well I don't know what they'll do in terms of their team you know obviously talking about the Covid stuff there I'm, I think three more players have it now so and probably makes his selection a, a little bit more difficult, um, but for me, I, you know, looking at Saturday, obviously, you want to go and win the game. But I don't want the Scotch Cup final played with, you know, three or four players missing because it's something they can't control, um, you know, well, out of their control, should I say? You know, if the club are doing everything they can possibly do, you know, boys' families are still living normal lives. So if they're bringing, you know, COVID back into the house, and unfortunately, I, I don't think players should miss the final. And I don't know, you know, what St. Johnson at this moment in time are talking to the Scottish FA about and the government about, but. Personally, I'd like to see it moved. You know, if you're going to see players, it's, it's, Scottish Cup is is the biggest competition, you know, up here. You know, and for players, St Johnson, as Fozzie said there, how often are they going to be in another final? I know they got to a League Cup final this year and they've won it. Um, but, you know, I think I can't see it happening every year for them. I think Celtic are going to be stronger next year. Rangers again are going to be in, in, in the competition and probably be those two in the final. I don't want to see any players missing the final. You know, if it's not something that the club could have controlled, I think the final should be moved to make sure every player can play.
3: And there speaks a winner of the Scottish Cup in 2016, of course. St Johnston against Livy Saturday, Hibs against Celtic, Rangers Aberdeen on Sunday, bottom six. And that should be interesting. Hamilton against Kilmarnock, Motherwell against Ross County, St Mirren against Dundee United.
2: The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live, weeknights from five.
3: OK, we're still here. It's the Go Radio Football Show for Thursday. Rob McLean, Marvin Bartley and Richard Foster with you for another uh, 12 minutes and then back again uh, tomorrow at five big games at the weekend. Uh, Rangers will lift the trophy uh, as they play Aberdeen in their final game of the season at Ibrox. All 12.30 kick-offs, by the way, Saturday. Uh, Celtic are at Easter Road. Hibs have already clinched third place. And of course, they've got a crack at winning the Scottish Cup again for the second time in five years as well. St. Johnston against Livingston. Mara's been talking about that one. Uh, St. Johnston will surely uh, rest themselves up and prepare uh, for the cup final at Hampden, which we're hearing in the course of this afternoon. We've brought you that news uh, while we've been on air that there will be 600 fans at the final. A measly 600 fans, 300 fans for each team that has been uh, that's the decision after the Scottish FA was in consultation uh, with initially UEFA and the Scottish government as well all down to distancing so inside a, a 52,000 capacity stadium only 600 fans and that's got to be uh, really disappointing Sunday um, is all about bottom six in the the premiership we know now uh Richard's not completely convinced about it <laughs> but uh, we reckon Hamilton are relegated uh, minus 31 is their goal difference uh, Kilmarnock are a minus thirteen uh, Ross County of course are a minus 32 so they have a they have a worse goal difference but uh, Hamilton need to uh, find three points, and uh, Richard find a few goals uh to go with it, and uh, there's not an awful lot of evidence for that <laughs> in the course of the, in the course of the season so far.
5: No, no, there's not. Hamilton, Hamilton are down, aren't they? Um, <laughs> yeah, they've. Um, it's just one of those seasons where nothing's went right. From I watched the game last night, and I thought over the peace county probably deserved it, but you know, early in the game for large spells, Hamilton had to hit a post. That I think it was at one each. It just they just couldn't hold on to their, their goal long enough, and, and County got themselves back in the game pretty quickly. But you know the, the the typical Hamilton, they they basically they gave everything they got, and you know finally it's kind of caught up with them, and it just wasn't good enough this season. But you know they'll be down in the Championship next year, which is um, it's always a competitive league. Um, but I'm sure they'll be trying to to bounce straight back up. But it's it's never that easy.
3: Yeah, but they'll have Thistle in the overtaking lane, won't they?
5: Well, yeah, You know we we'll, we will be looking at that. You know we're we're all buzzing that. It's another uh, astral pitch in the league because <laughs> no. In saying that, we've we've there was only a few in League One this year, but we played on one of the grass pitches. I won't name the team because that's not fair. But it was the worst pitch I've ever played on, and the game was horrific because you you just couldn't pass the ball five yards. I mean, I struggle a lot anyway. But <laughs> you'd pass it to try and pass it to Marv's feet from this distance, and it could hit him in the neck. So at least with an astral turf pitch, you know what you're getting. Yep. You know if it's if it's dry, it's going to bobble. But if it's wet. The ball moves fine, but sometimes in the grass pitch it's so unpredictable. And that pitch we played on was, was awful. And you know, it actually got you wishing you were on uh, an Astro- Astroturf pitch.
3: He'd kill it in his neck instantly, <laughs> uh, I would imagine. <laughs> Hamilton against Kilmarnock, uh, Motherwell, Ross County. Those are the two games which will decide who fills second bottom. Um, and we'll go into the relegation playoffs and, and I guess there's not you can not a lot you can say with any great certainty is there even allowing for the fact that Ross County have got a, a three point advantage, it could all evaporate on Sunday Marv
4: Yeah it could all turn around very very quickly um, but you know me and Fozzie have both been players and you've got nothing to play for, sometimes it's extremely hard to get yourself motivated I know Motherwell have been on a, a great run of form and, and everything else but when Ross County have got the bit between their teeth and they're actually playing for something You know, they're playing for survival and Motherwell players are just thinking right 90 minutes until you know we've got like a, a month break for example I think it's gonna be a difficult game you know any other time in the season any other point in the season I'll be back in Motherwell at home 100% against Ross County but I just think that Ross County will get something out of that game and um, like you said if they do that then they'll obviously be safe and it'll be Kilmarnock in, in the playoff spot so yeah I think I think it'll be Kilmarnock to to be in the playoff spot and then play probably Looks like Dundee, doesn't it, at this moment in time?
3: Yeah, uh, Hamilton. have still got to say, haven't they? they they're down, um, but they play Kilmarnock and and who knows what you get from a team that have just been uh, sent back to the the championship?
5: Yeah, I mean, I just I just feel that they'll be so dejected and so low. Um, I mean, I suppose the only upside for Hamilton is they can look forward to their holiday to the South Sandwich Islands or <laughs> one of those places that's on the green list. But no, I just think that to pick yourself up. You know the, the travelling up to Dingwall, the loss, they pretty much confirmed your 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 relegation. I just think, you know, I, I think Kermannic will won the game purely based. On, I just don't think Hamill will have anything left, and I I slightly disagree with Marv. I think, I think Motherwell are actually the form team in, in the bottom six, and you know. I, I've heard Graham Alexander speak and he wants to finish the season strongly he wants to almost kind of set down a marker for next season I think and I think he'll he'll motivate the players that he'll want to win that last game.
3: And as you say Marv um, it's looking very much like Dundee will be the opposition for Kilmarnock or Ross County in the playoffs um, that was a surprisingly emphatic win wasn't it for Dundee at Wraith on a surface that uh, John McGlyn's team handles so well?
4: 100% you know I played against Wraith earlier on this season in the cup and they were fantastic you know, me and Fosby were speaking there about their ball retention and and their rotations. They're almost like a, and I don't mean it disrespectfully, like a, a poor man's Rangers in terms. They try to play the same way out from the back, and they've got some really really good players within their team. And I was so surprised when I, when I turned it over after our game, and you know they were losing by by kind of that scoreline. And I honestly thought they would be extremely tight in the first game, and you know it'd all be decided in the second leg. But it looks like it's over already um, you know you don't like to say that in football but I, I don't think they can come back from this you know they you're losing 3-0 at home you know going away now it's going to be an extremely difficult task um, on a grass pitch like you said Asher Turf pitch is their surface you know if you lose like that it's going, it's going to be tough and they've got a lot of young players within that team you know it's not that they've got a lot of experienced boys to drag them through and they've got a few older boys at the back but the majority of their team are young boys and it's going to be extremely difficult and probably a disappointing end to the season for them as well, because I think they fancy themselves to you know, definitely get through to, to the last game anyway.
3: And of course, Dundee, have got Charlie Adam, who was today named on the shortlist for Championship Player of the Season. A couple of Hearts players, Liam Boyce and Craig Gordon. And Regan Hendry of Wraith um, is in there as well. Of course, in terms of League One, that's already been sorted. Partick Thistle champions, you got your trophy, uh, Neil Doncaster wasn't allowed in. Were you happy with that? We we? Was everyone happy with that decision that that the SPFL or the SFA took no part in that celebration?
5: Yeah, that was the, you know, kind of the manager spoke to the board and um, and all the players were behind it. You know, we were just, it was almost like you know we'll say they're not welcome here just now and then we draw a line in the sand and it's you know what kind of you know if we were to if Thistle were to go on and be successful next season in the championship, I'm sure the SPFL will be welcome at any kind of celebrations but I think it was just that was almost the kind of the last you know the last chapter like they're not invited to this because of, of what happened to the club um, but now there's kind of no grudges held and, and draw the line in the sand and move on uh, and hopefully successfully for Thistle
3: and it's great that justice has been done really isn't it with Thistle back in the Championship and Hearts next season you'll be delighted Marv
4: back in the Premiership yeah, no, I'm, I'm delighted for Thistle for for getting out of it. But because, not delighted for Hearts. No, no, I was gonna say I was gonna say it later on. No, okay. listen, this uh, they, they both deserve to be obviously back in the, the divisions that they were relegated from um, harshly. Um, let's be honest, it, it was harsh, and a decision had to be made. And unfortunately, those two, you know, were both relegated. But you know, they both obviously won their, the competitions, and, and Hearts back in the Premier League, and Thistle back in the Championship, where Thistle should be at a minimum. By the way, you know, they're a massive, massive club, so that should be good to see them back in the Premier League also. But yeah, as, as Fozzie said there, they're going to move on from it now. They've kind of drawn drawn a line in the sand and probably rightfully so, if I'd have been, you know, one of their players, I'd have been in agreement. You know, we were put down harshly and unfairly. You know, we're not going to invite the, 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 the SFA or the uh, SPFL there. But now it's done, you know, so now it's time to to move on from that and let's try and achieve something else. And, they come and get back to back promotions that has to be the aim for them
3: and just finally talking of trophies Rangers will get theirs on Saturday afternoon we hope the fans do the right thing and, and behave themselves and the Rangers fans uh, the Rangers players will have rightly one hell of a celebration because what a season they've had
5: yeah I certainly hope so um, You know, I, I would imagine there's been many celebrations um, but you know, Gerrard obviously wants this record the points record and the unbeaten record so he's probably kept them on their toes but once it you know, once they finally get that trophy and it's finally done, I would imagine there'll be a huge celebration,
3: yeah. Richard, thanks very much. Thank Marv, thank you very much as well. Hope you've enjoyed it. Thanks for being with us on the Go Radio Football Show. We're back tomorrow, live at five.
2: The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live, weeknights from five.
3: I'm joined now by Gary from
0: OPC Energy. Gary, what a job you did out there today. Ah, oh, it was it was unbelievable. You saw the customers' faces when that boiler went in. It was a really special moment. And what about the overall performance? Unreal. You, you could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result, and we move on to the next one. Thanks, Gary. Come on! For more information on boiler upgrades, heat pumps and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Get ahead of the game with OPC Energy.